Welcome to the eighth episode of the sixth series of the Women in CX podcast, a series dedicated to real talk conversations between women and customer experience. Listen in as we share our career stories, relive the moments that shaped us and voice our opinions as loudly as we like about all manner of CX subjects. I'll be your host, Claire Muscat, and in today's episode, I'll be talking to an incredible community member from Moscow. She has over 20 years experience in market research and CX. Starting at GFK and joining Ipsos four years ago, she holds a PhD in medicine and is a certified mindfulness trainer. She's also the author of the book, Wellbeing, Stress Management and Development of Creativity, and frequently delivers masterclasses and lectures on emotional intelligence and empathy, the prevention of burnout and customer centricity in healthcare. Let me introduce you to today's inspiring guest, CX sister, Marina Bezaglova. Nice to see you. Wonderful to see you. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. <laughs> and it's, it's a great pleasure to be here <laughs> with you. And welcome to everybody who's listening or watching um, the podcast wherever you are in the world. So to get us started, the same question I ask all of our guests on the Inspiring Women in CX podcast is how exactly did you find your way to Women in CX and what kinds of things have you been up to in the community? Yes, it was interesting story because the first I met you and it was uh, because I uh, was writing my new book about uh, stress and burnout and I was collecting stories about uh, burnouts from uh, leaders, uh, entrepreneurs and uh, uh, one of my friends, Olga, and mm -hmm. she's a member of the community. And she decided to help me and posted a call to the community to share the stories about uh, burnout, about yes. stress. And uh, as a result, I got to know you, your story, and I learned about the community. Mm -hmm. And uh, for some period of time, I followed the community from afar. Uh, and I understood that uh, I have a lot of uh, values common with the community. Mm -hmm. And also I'm involved deeply in customer experience topic because mm -hmm. I've been working for a market research and consumer research for many mm -hmm. years. And especially I was, uh, I am now interested in the uh, topic in uh, connection between uh, customer uh, experience and employee experience mm. it, and it was also topic for uh, the community and um, as a result I understood that uh, we have a lot of common interest to the community and it, it should be perf perfect fit, fit for me to join the community and uh, I did not regret it yeah, because yes because <laughs> from the very beginning I felt um the value and warmth uh, of the community, this wonderful community, and um, warm welcome puts immediately you uh, at ease, mm -hmm. and um, you feel that, yes, you are surrounded by caring people, and you feel that you are in a safe place. And it's very important because in our complex world to have feeling of safety, it's a great privilege. Mm -hmm. And 
also, um, when I asked my first question on a presentation I was working on, I got so many valuable ideas, uh, interesting and useful links to articles, to studies, and I was convinced that, yes, I, I was sur surrounded by caring people and great professionals. And uh, this is great to be here and to share knowledge, uh, to share uh, my experience also, uh, and um, uh, helping others and uh, celebrating success. And I would say that uh, this community is not a formal organization of people. This is very warm and living organism with uh, open heart where all your requests will be answered. <laughs> uh, and I'm happy to be here. Really. Well, and, th and thank you so much that you've contributed so much as well. We loved your recent webinar on well-being as well. So being able to share um, your thoughts and insights and experience with the group and um, that being able to go into our resource library for other people to watch in the future. I think that's what community is all about, isn't it? Like um, giving and receiving yes, <laughs> in equal absolutely. measure. And, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And just wonderful to, to have you, uh, have you here you. today. Yeah. So um, in terms of your career journey, like I'm sure the listeners would love to know a little bit more about how you've ended up where you are today working for this massive market research agency. So yeah, to give us the, the backstory of Marina. Okay, okay. <laughs> I got uh, several um, backgrounds and educations. I'm a PhD in medicine. I got MBA also um, background in psychology and so coaching. it's Dr. Marina I should be calling yes. you <laughs> <laughs> yes and it was my um, uh, old story from my youth and uh, actually I'm a big fan of interdisciplinary approach because I'm sure that this intersection creates new knowledge new mm. value mm -hmm. and my first career was in medicine in scientific uh, in Institute uh, where I got my uh, PhD in medicine and then I went to a healthcare organization. Mm -hmm. I worked a little bit for Ministry of Public Health Mm -hmm. uh, but it was very boring for me because I was young, energetic, and I did not like um, all sorts of um, formal procedures. Mm -hmm. So I found a good um, uh, solution where I can combine my interest to research, to medicine, to people, and mm -hmm. I went to social and market research. Mm -hmm. And I started work for GFK. It's uh, an international um, company, and I started doing research for uh, healthcare and pharmaceutical companies, consulting pharmaceutical companies, and then for all other markets like uh, automotive, banks, uh, um, uh, retail, telecom, mm. because uh, over time I became a top manager of GFK and uh, my responsibilities expanded. And I was deeply involved in uh, development of uh, customer experience research, building metrics for CX, uh, KPI system, building um, 
um, customer journey mapping uh, and continuous improvement of uh, customer experience based on continuous study of mm -hmm. client voice, mm -hmm. both employee and customers. Mm -hmm. And um, then uh, five years ago, I joined Ipsos. And now I'm responsible for healthcare business unit in the region of Central and Eastern Europe. And my interest now in patient centricity in healthcare and customer experience in medicine. And mm -hmm. I believe that this topic is very important for, for the society. But it's not uh, only my interest and I am uh, very interested in the trend of well-being. Mm -hmm. both uh, uh, corporate well-being and personal well-being. And mm -hmm. generally, I start my master classes and educational event about well-being from personal well-being mm -hmm. because all of us are people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if on our personal level, we don't follow um, principles or values of health and well-being, it would be very difficult to build corporate culture of well-being in your company. Mm -hmm. So I believe that personal and organizational are very much related. And uh, that's why I um, try to teach about that also. And um, also I strive uh, to develop uh, mindful leadership because uh, I believe that mindful and empathic leaders can make our world better and i give lectures master classes educational events so this is mm. my uh, journey <laughs> up mm. to now that's amazing and you can definitely see there's that red thread of um health and well-being that kind of started really early with your yeah. phd and has continued through throughout and it's great to see that you're kind of bringing that full circle again to well-being more broadly um but loved what you said there about you know starts with you doesn't it and you can't pour from an empty cup you can't make these big changes um you can't influence the well-being of others unless you're in touch with your own and yeah. I know that you've been um very instructional to me <laughs> yes, maybe. about how important now I can I, I can see that, that this is the trend in my life that I'm stick to this topic from the beginning and um different ways but I came in the same mm -hmm. point yeah yeah and it is funny isn't it because that probably wasn't intentional but when you look back, you go, oh, <laughs> that was the journey I took. I know for me, um, people always ask me, you know, like, what was your strategy? <laughs> I was like, I didn't have one. Just kind of life evolved. <laughs> um, and you can look back and go, it looks like a load of really shrewd moves, but it definitely wasn't. So, um, so I feel you on that one. And, and obviously, so much experience that you've gained along the way. What was one challenge or barrier you had to overcome? to become the woman you are today? Okay. It's a very good question because I believe that we grow, uh, we grow uh, from uh, difficulties and adversity. Uh, and I believe in stressful growth because mm -hmm. uh, you have no reason to change if you are in a comfort zone. Uh, so if you are out of comfort zone, you, you have to change something and you grow. Yeah. 
and uh, in my career was uh, a situation of uh, difficult and maybe uh, some ch changes and challenges and it was several years ago when um, my company where I worked for many years uh, was facing with uh, the transformation process Mm -hmm. uh, the matter was that um, um, investment finance corporation, the majority owner, decided mm -hmm. to restructure the company and they decided to sell a part of businesses. Mm -hmm. And I let uh, the business that was decided to sell. And of course, I worked uh, for the company for many years mm -hmm. as a top manager. It was uh, stressful news for me, but not only for me, but for the whole team. Mm -hmm. And uh, the team, 100 employees, uh, we uh, lived during one year. Mm -hmm. uh, we did not know where we'll be in a year as a result of the deal. And of course, it was uh, stress for the team. And I understood that it's very difficult to maintain normal business when the team stuck in stress. Mm -hmm. So uh, my first instrument, management instrument uh, during this time was psychological support and empathy, because first we had to get rid of stress in mm -hmm. order to continue working. And it was uh, very interesting because it was also a very fruitful period in my life. I um, got additional uh, background in psychology. I became a coach. Uh, I also was uh, deeply involved in all sort of um, uh, mindfulness practices myself. And I was able to return uh, my state to normal state mm -hmm. because based on meditation, yoga, but I also wanted to help my team to be uh, in a safe place uh, yeah. to get rid of stress. And it was uh, uh, my main job uh, during that period. Uh, and also it was very productive because during this period, I started to write my book uh, about stress uh, and about creativity. And it was uh, the um, book Wellbeing, Stress um, Management and Creativity Development. Mm -hmm. uh, and also I prepared a program, educational program for well-being skills uh, development. Mm -hmm. And uh, my life changed and um, I began to work for my company only four days a week. It was my wish because mm -hmm. uh, I had a lot of new projects and I got additional time for writing books, uh, for uh, educational events, for coaching mm. and I would say that uh, my life changed uh, mm. and I expanded boundaries of my life and I guess that this crisis was useful for me mm. because it it changed my life it's interesting and uh, my book in Russian language was published some time ago and it's interesting that uh Maybe a couple of weeks ago, uh, this book in English language was published on Amazon platform with a new Yay. title, uh, <laughs> Finding Serenity uh, Amid the Chaos. 
and mm-hmm. by the way the community <laughs> helped me with this book because together we uh, were choosing the title and uh, some uh, some friends helped me with um, even uh, recommendations on the manuscript so again mm-hmm. i got uh, a huge value from the community it's great oh we're so happy to to help and we'll we'll come back to the book again in a second um so love to dive a little bit deeper into that but I just wrote down um a couple of things that I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into and I think first of all it's this kind of concept of change transformation restructuring reorganizing mergers acquisition I've been through that myself and it definitely created so much stress for individuals, for teams, like just not knowing like what is the future going to hold, even the way that, you know, with redundancies, having to like interview for basically your own job or a slightly different job, knowing that a couple of people are going to make it through the process um, is exhausting and it's so disruptive, right? Um but that's like, let's say merger acquisition or restructure or like whole scale. But I think even with like transformation, this term that is just thrown around constantly everywhere now um, creates a similar level of stress, particularly when the transformation is mainly targeted at saving cost and becoming more operationally efficient, as opposed to a better, stronger, more resilient business. And um I think you know what the conversation about the vision that's happening at a really senior level very very rarely filters down to people in like lower management or frontline and um definitely requires more consideration about employee well-being during those times but it seems to be an afterthought or um or not even considered <laughs> in yeah. so many company reorganizations yeah. Yeah, and I I would say that uh, before I was the leader who was more caring about the business. And after Mm -hmm. this situation, after all this Mm -hmm. merger acquisition process, I became a leader who was caring more about people. Mm -hmm. And I understood that this is very good when you care about people, they um, open their potential. And uh, in case you care about people you develop both Mm. business and people that's why I believe that mindful and uh, uh, empathic leader is the best leader in terms Mm. of uh, making changes in the uh, organization in terms of both uh, people well-being Mm. and business success yeah that is that issue of like psychological safety isn't it because we've talked about you talked about this loads already the community psychological safety the experiences that you had in your own career and like with this the amount of bureaucracy that exists particularly in big corporate organizations especially when they're going through change there's so much that's like kept out of view isn't there about what's really happening um because it takes months to organize these things but people know they feel mm-hmm. unsafe like before the, even the big news comes because everyone can feel there's something coming um and then with um like redundancies especially i think there's so much bureaucracy from a legal standpoint like you just can't have certain conversations with people and um, I think it can end up being a particularly lonely place especially for those people 
who don't end up staying within the organization but that's painful and yeah very very disruptive and unsafe but the second thing I wrote down was I'm going to quote this useful crisis <laughs> yes, because yes. you said you know like sometimes it takes for things to break in order to rebuild better and on a personal level I really identify with that um my own journey I'm sure the listeners probably know this already but you know women in CX wouldn't have existed if I hadn't basically lost everything in the pandemic yeah. because yeah. it opened up space for me to be able to start a podcast and li- and amplify the voices of women that I knew because I had the time to do it this none of this would have happened if there wasn't a, a useful crisis of my own and don't get me wrong like <laughs> it was incredibly painful um but even my own experiences of burnout I think has been this like kind of continuous getting to the point of breaking in order to recognize that change is required and I'm still like kind of in the midst of figuring out like how to live sustainably with my own sense of resilience and (laughs) anti-fragility as a startup founder have not got the answer yet but you know really working to understand what lies below the surface of being the kind of person that ends up getting burnt out through um, my own patterns of behavior that I'm identifying and things like therapy <laughs> why do I push myself to that limit without recognizing my own needs and putting myself first I still don't know the answer but when I do listeners I will definitely share it with you <laughs> but yeah. yeah but but having to having having yeah having to get to that point where things feel like they've broken apart in order to build back better and now for a quick word from one of our sponsors We are proud to be supported by Kantar, the world's leading evidence-based insight and consulting company. Kantar CX helps clients define customer and employee experience strategies, better understand their customers via measurement, and in turn, improve business outcomes, driving true commercial ROI. To find out more about Kantar CX practice, please visit the sponsor links on the homepage of womenincx.community. Now back to the episode. So the book... Um, so finding serenity amid the chaos how managing your stress can enhance your creativity and well-being and as you said the community helped with the translated title um in because it's russian originally wasn't it <laughs> uh it was uh the title that you helped uh, to 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 choose if you remember yeah no, so i'm saying yeah, we, yeah i remember yeah. help i remember helping what was the title in russian <laughs> well-being well-being. well-being it was yes it, it it's in, in russian it was english world well-being yeah okay <laughs> because it's um uh, very uni- universal, universal word that yeah. we use also in local language well the, the reason i ask is because like, when i went to russia um when i was traveling like i realized like you can't read any of the signs because actually it's a completely different alphabet so is english and russian interchangeable with some keywords <laughs> but, uh, yes uh, of course we have absolutely different alphabets but yeah. uh, in my book uh, it's absolutely in russian language but well-being uh, was english is, uh, written in, in um, latin uh, letters mm. not mm. russian so it's uh, well-being uh, stress management and creativity development okay so let's dive into this a little bit more though so you know you're writing about stress and creativity um, why did you combine these concepts? So please, like, t- let's take a step back and look down on this. What is the relationship between stress and creativity? 
Uh, it's interesting because uh, firstly, I originally the book uh, was conceived as a book about creativity and decision making. Mm -hmm. And it relates to my profession because we help our clients find non-standard uh, solutions, uh, out-of-box ideas, and we use a lot of creative techniques in mm -hmm. order to find these solutions. So I understand how to, to be more creative. Mm -hmm. Also, I like uh, neuroscience. And mm. I deep uh, involved in this because of my medical background. And uh, I was interested how brain creates uh, new ideas. Mm -hmm. So I decided to combine uh, my understanding of creativity and neuroscience uh, mm -hmm. in order to understand this topic uh, better. And uh, it was uh, very good because um, I believe if you understand how your brain works, you can better manage your life and your decisions. And also uh, in terms of customer experience, maybe you know that one of very good approach for improvement of customer experience is uh, design thinking approach, mm -hmm. design thinking instrument. And the mm -hmm. core of design thinking is empathy and creativity. So I decided to to, to be um, deeply engaged with this topic. But when we experienced this crisis with my team, I understood mm -hmm. that if you're stuck in stress, you can't be open to high needs like creativity, self-actualization, just look at pyramid, Maslow pyramid, mm. So if your basic needs are not uh, satisfied, you can't be open to higher level yeah. needs. So uh, I understood that first part of the book should be dedicated to uh, stress management. Because uh, when you get rid of stress, you can be open to creativity. Mm -hmm. That's why the first part of the book uh, was dedicated to mindfulness, uh, well-being, uh, mental health, health in um, a broad sense. Mm -hmm. And the second part was dedicated to creativity, decision-making, and it was more professional part. Mm -hmm. But of course, in our world, there are so many so much stress and uh, mental health crisis in the world. Mm -hmm. So the first part proved to be very relevant mm -hmm. to nowadays context about stress mm -hmm. management. But I was very happy that uh, I got first reviews on my English book and it was very good feedback uh, on the part on creati creativity. And I'm yeah. happy that uh, some people uh, see this um, usefulness from this part, not only stress reduction, stress management. Mm, yeah, just thinking about I'm, I'm not surprised the book's got great reviews um because the the bits I saw were brilliant um but thinking about the kind of like stress impact on the body yeah. so like the production of cortisol can affect so many areas of your life including yeah. things like sleep on it and then when you start to get into a sleep deficit it, things just progress and get worse and increase the stress level so there's like a kind of neurophysical connection between 
um the body and the mind and I think I yes. think for me that's like the mental health issue um can emerge pretty rapidly when you're in a state of physical stress and exhaustion um because everything just seems so much harder when you're tired I know I've been working really hard on like just really basic things like getting enough sleep and eating regularly and eating nutritious food and the difference I feel in my mental health when I'm just doing the basics really really well you know said meeting your base most basic needs um it's definitely something um I'm becoming more aware of now I'm on this journey to try to improve my wellness um but then the um the creativity aspect was to break back to customer experience I am a service designer by trade I call it customer experience design uh now but I think you know that as you said you did the empathy aspect of being able to listen to and understand and then the creativity aspect of being able to respond with ideas that perhaps are less about improvement and more about innovation is absolutely my most favorite place to be um, do you want to tell us a little, bit, a little bit more about the connection with customer experience? Yes, but uh, actually, uh, this is customer experience. I like customer experience because the priority of customer experience is uh, uh, people, human being. Mm-hmm. It's about human being, their needs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe that uh, for to be a uh, good in terms of customer experience you should understand people and for understanding you need skill of empathy mm-hmm. and if you understand and you feel the pain of other people mm-hmm. you are motivated to find a solution uh, because you have energy you have emotions to help people mm-hmm if you feel the pain of other people maybe they can't do something uh, in in customer experience and if you understand you need to make a very creative solution mm-hmm. and this is the next skill because our brain is lazy and <laughs> it will not generate new ideas mm. because uh we are very um i would say Mm, we have a lot of blocks in order to create some uh, non-standard ideas Mm -hmm. and you need to use special techniques some maybe uh, associations uh, um, uh, borrowing from different industries uh, to connect uh, some pieces which are not usually connected so there are a lot of different techniques in order to to make your brain generating new ideas, Mm. sometimes fantastic ideas, crazy Mm. ideas, Mm. but you can then improve these crazy ideas and find out of the box uh, solution for your customer experience. Mm. That's why I believe that empathy and creativity is the core for excellent customer experience. Mm. And, And do you see empathy as like truly being able to feel how someone else feels or do you think more in terms of cognitive empathy being able to imagine both both Both. okay both both cognitive and emotional Mm -hmm. uh it's both and sometimes when we go through tests for empathy there are 
two components, how I can understand and how I can feel uh, other people. And actually, cognitive empathy is very important uh, for rational, um, maybe decisions regarding some things. But uh, if you feel better pain of other people, you can find better uh, solutions because you are more motivated. Mm. So, for example, now we create video films, uh, movies about patients with some diseases mm -hmm. and uh, pharmaceutical companies or healthcare organizations use these uh, movies about patients for doctors mm -hmm. in order to, to uh, maybe generate empathy towards patients because mm -hmm. in uh, interaction doctor and patient, it's very important that doctor can see a person with mm -hmm. his needs, pain, in, mm. and how the disease can have impact on their lifestyle, mm. etc. And if we see a person in the broader context of his life, doctors can understand and feel the pain of these patients and they can be more empathic and it could improve relationship between doctor and mm. patient. And this mm -hmm. is very important. So for me, uh, empathy has both aspects, rational, mm -hmm. cognitive aspect, and mm -hmm. emotional. And emotional is also important. Mm. That's a, such an interesting example. It was a really good one. So being able to make that patient a human with a life and understand the context of their experience. So um, I suppose using storytelling in a way, isn't it? To give that person a narrative. I know in um, customer experience design, being able to put people in touch with the customer reality if they're not that close to customers um, was a really important part of being able to bring people together to do a workshop around innovation or even journey mapping. Um, but kind of moving beyond personas and like user needs, I, you know, these, these are ways of like creatively bringing the customer into the room or the patient into the room I think I love that idea about like the the video concept yes, yes. and and actually storytelling is the main instrument of empathy mm -hmm. how we can maybe make other people to be more empathic about other mm -hmm. people yeah no, I love that one um and I suppose that like in your line of work now that's what you're trying to do bring people in touch with the customer or patient reality and enable them to have a set of tools that can enable their creativity because I guess you work with a lot of companies that are working on things like ad campaigns and brands and um, beyond kind of just general customer experience about how to reposition things in people's minds <laughs> and even connecting with the emotion I guess of the people that are going to be buyers to be able to come up with creative ideas to generate um, demand through marketing. I think it's all very fascinating and it all does come down to the neuroscience, doesn't it? And the um, the fact that people just aren't really that rational <laughs> because we're so driven by emotion, aren't we? Like, yeah. um, I know my background in retail, like thinking about like buyers and what how, how people buy and, you know, I think the, the urge for retailers just to be very kind of pragmatic and 
functional <laughs> but actually the reasons why people buy things like the, the when I when I learned more about like brands and how brands are just like constructs in people's minds and they can mean quite different things and what they're actually buying is the idea that's been planted in their minds about what that product says about themselves just absolutely fascinating yeah yeah it's very interesting to, to study the nature of people how brain works and uh, what can uh, influence mm. our decisions this is very interesting yeah and like designing for emotional needs as well as functional needs in customer experience i think we tend to err uh, more towards the latter in terms of functional <laughs> functionality which is important um, but i think the alchemy and customer experience particularly in branded environments is being able to get into that next dimension which is meeting customers emotional needs and we see it, i guess in customer service don't we or like when things go wrong where customers emotional needs are not met and being listened to when they've got a problem that needs solving there's the functional aspect of resolving it but what can happen in that interaction when you don't feel listened to or understood or recognized or even seen can cause chaos can't it <laughs> yes and uh, it's absolutely clear that the shortest way to consumers heart are through emotions because mm -hmm. it's easier for us to react on uh, emotional stimuli uh, yes absolutely happens faster yeah <laughs> yeah 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 so it's it's uh, easier but uh, it maybe it's not so simple to, to find a good uh, instrument how to resonate uh, with uh, positive emotions of people. Yeah, but, suppose, um, but thinking about like em empathy mapping or experience mapping through the lens of emotion, um, you know, not knowing what time your delivery is going to turn up creates confusion doesn't it and not being sure which is a cognitive load that you could just really do without then that's like one of the reasons why amazon so good isn't it like because you know exactly what's happening they send you messages what, what time things are going to be arriving if there's a problem they tell you about it and it's all done by automation um and great technical capability but um but how many cx professionals are thinking about how do you reduce mental load and decision making and stress <laughs> through the experience and designing for that um, yes and actually uh excellent customer experience like a good therapy for people because <laughs> it provides uh, maybe sort of filtering this um, information noise and provides the proper service and proper time at proper please and uh, this is what we need in the yeah. world when we overloaded with information choices uh, and of course uh, very easy interactions uh, very simple missions we can make uh, doing something it's uh, mm. it's a great help for our mental health as well yeah i'm living this idea of like stress stress reduction journey maps <laughs> how can we reduce our customer stress <laughs> thinking yeah. that as a lens of an idea yeah. um so yeah so final final question why did you translate the book into english from russian what was the yeah. reason for that because that must have been a lot of hard work <laughs> yes and uh i uh i stand for globalization of thoughts and values mm -hmm. 
and I believe that uh, people with the same values should unite uh, despite the fact they belong to different languages, nationalities, uh, races, genders, and so on. Mm -hmm. And I believe that if uh, people with the same values, people are united around humanistic values, mm -hmm. we can overcome many crises in our world, like mm -hmm. uh, economic, political, climate, mental For health sure. crisis. Mm -hmm. And this is very important. And I would say that if you realize that it's easy now uh, to have your uh, thoughts, your voice to be heard, uh, through different opportunities, global opportunities like uh, social networks, blogging, you Podcasts. can write. Yes, <laughs> yes, and you can write uh, books, and mm -hmm. you can publish this book on a global platform in any language uh, of the world. So, it seems to me that we have to use this opportunity to be heard. Mm, yeah, I love that. I think I'd summarize that in saying basically what you said at the start about women in CX, wasn't it? Like um, a group of people who have shared values and a huge amount of diversity in terms of what they do, where they work, where they're from, but coming together around um, a shared set of values really does make for better experiences for everybody and yeah I, I I really love that and I'm so glad that you published your book in English so for the listeners is there any like one final thought or piece of advice or takeaway you'd like them to take from our conversation today first of all thank you for the conversation we, we have today about very important things and maybe I would like to remember that we, we talked a lot about empathy and maybe I have to um mentioned that uh, really we live in an age of empathy, but empathy is not a business instrument to generate additional profit and capitalization. Uh, empathy is about putting people first, uh, priority for uh, people, health, well-being, and this is important. And I love customer experience because in the core concept of customer experience uh, is a person, human being. And this is very important. Mm -hmm. And I believe that uh, um, business success, profit, etc., this is just consequence of, um, of a very uh, proper and uh, right emphasis on people mm -hmm. and um, maybe satisfying their needs. So, mm -hmm. uh, I would say that maybe it, it, it's important to remember that uh, the main goal of the business, meaning of the business, is uh, making people live better. Mm -hmm. So it's about empathy and it's about customer experience. Love that. And thank you for reminding us of, of that. And staying true to it is so hard sometimes, isn't it, in the commercial world where everything is con about consumption and capitalization. Um, but it's as, as true as ever, isn't it? That without your customers, you don't have a business. So <laughs> without your employees, you don't have a way of serving your business. So if you um, get too far off the tracks of being people-centric, your business is only going to go one, one way. So thank you so much, Marina. It's been lovely to talk to you today. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Claire. It was my pleasure to talk to you today. <laughs> and thank you to everybody who listened or watched the podcast today. Of course.
thank you everyone we'll see you next time bye for now thank you bye bye <laughs> thanks for listening to the inspiring women in cx podcast with me claire musket if you enjoyed the episode please drop us a like subscribe and leave a review on whichever platform you're listening or watching on and if you want to know more about becoming a member of the world's first online community for women in customer experience, please check out our website, womenincx.community forward slash membership. Join us again next time where I'll be talking to one of our community members from France about the benefits of inclusive research and design. See you all soon.